On this week's episode, we give our weekly War of the Realms wrap-up, give our regards to Geek Commander-in-Chief Kevin Smith, and rant on the news for Star Wars Celebration. It's all happening now on Cover B. What up, everybody? Welcome, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back. I was going to say welcome back, but I also have less of a voice. I'm very rich and deep. Very, yeah. Unlike... Rich. Creamy mahogany. I'm like, so y'all remember Friends when Phoebe gets sick and gets all mm-hmm. raspy, and so then she doesn't want to be unsick, and she starts licking other people's like soup cans and stuff. That's yeah. me. Don't except I don't. I'm don't not, go licking soup cans. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not. I I would rather be not sick. Yeah. Tbh, but such is life. So comics for this week. There were some good ones. Yes. Some good stuff. Uh, a couple of War of Realms titles came out. Uh, I mean, War of Realms number two, but I won't get into that. Um, but I told you guys I would keep you posted on the War of Realms tie-ins to let you know if they're worth picking up. Picking up. Uh, War of Realms War Scrolls. Scrolls like a scroll, not like a, not like the green alien. Like the, the, the oh the not paper. the you. yeah I realize I don't do people say those two words different yes because I don't <laughs> seriously yeah I I do like they there's sound a like scroll this. or there's yeah. a scroll is it oh it's scroll you're close <laughs> like like scroll because uh, like, I always uh. I always just say scroll for both. <laughs> Which isn't right for either. <laughs> That's in between both of them. I don't know. Maybe it's a maybe it's like a Midwest accent thing. I mean, I was like born we, in Ohio. Yeah, like, but it's like how some Midwest people say like rum instead of room, which I kind of do. I kind of say like rum. So the yeah, because there's there's two different words. There anyway, that you war push scrolls together. War s. C R O L L S Scroll Scrolls. There you go. You got oh, 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 yeah. oh, oh. Number one came out. This one is so whenever they do oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like people are gonna like uh, let's skip the intro, see what they're talking about, and they're gonna be like, Why are they impersonating walruses? We have great walruses. <laughs> oh, anyway. Uh, we're working on yours anyway. <clears throat> so this uh you know, whenever they do these big events they always have a tie-in book that's kind of just a bunch of short stories yeah um and sometimes they'll have like one story that's going to go across the issues and then otherwise it's just like short stories first of all i just want to say i'm really digging war of realms like i kind of went into this being like "Eh, i'm gonna pick it up so i can talk about it but i'm not really excited it's super fun and it feels a lot more cataclysmic than a lot of the events we've had lately. And much more well thought like, out. Yeah, like, Infinity Wars was, like, really only a problem for the, like, five heroes that showed up when Gamora went apeshit. And <laughs> then, like, Secret Empire was big, but, like, kind of only in America, and it, you know, when Hydra took over, they just kind of, like, took over, and it was fine. Like, there wasn't a whole lot of, like, cataclysm. I feel like not since, not since, like... Uh, probably not since maybe Secret Wars. I'd say Secret Wars. Has there been one that f- feels like this 
like really chaotic. Like actual people, not just heroes, are yeah. affected. Yeah, it's it's almost like one of my favorite parts of Secret Empire, and I think this was Secret Empire. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was they shut New York off essentially? Yeah, with the with yeah, and like the shit happening in New York was like my favorite part of Secret Empire. Like all the heroes like banding together to protect the civilians, and they were like trying to get the like. And Dagger was trying to keep the light. Going. Yeah, Dagger was trying to keep the light going, and you know they were in this like bubble, and that's yeah. when Fisk took over. Like Fisk helped a bunch of people, and that's what that's sowed, how he got. So it sowed the mayorship. seeds of him getting his mayorship and stuff. Like that was my favorite part of Secret Empire. What was what was going on in there? Because I really like it when the superheroes aren't just like. I'm gonna punch the bad things and they're like humanitarians and they're yeah. like these people need to get to the safe house and like let me save these kids and it's very it's just very personal like it's yeah. very like on the level personal and I mean street level superheroes have always been kind of more interesting to me than right. the like supermans who fly around like punching moons because they said something against America or whatever Superman does I don't know it's been a while since I've read a Superman book it's um, it's, it's... <clears throat> Damn like, crazy right now. Take that, Moon. The democratic way is the only way. Bendis um, decided to focus on the parenthood, so it's very different. Oh, jeez. Give it up for Bendis. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so this is War Scrolls is the... Close. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Fudge. Uh, is the short story one, and it's good. It's the pervading story is going to be uh, God Without Fear, which is a Daredevil story. Daredevil eventually, they haven't really, like, kept this a secret, but apparently he's going to, at some point, get the powers of Heimdall, and he uses them in this, and he, like, takes down two frost giants, just Daredevil. <laughs> that is <laughs> and dope. It's badass. It's really cool. And, um, so that one looks like it's gonna be good. In this particular issue, there's a Howard the Duck story, which was hilarious. It was oh, written wow. by Chip Zdarsky, so oh, it was good. Yay! Um, there's a really cute, really cute Wolverine story with him, like, saving some kids. And there's a really cute, uh, Warriors 3 and Hildegard story. That's them essentially just carrying, what is the big one? The fat one? What's his name? Oh, yeah. Uh, Anyway, they're carrying, he's injured and asleep. So they have to carry him. Yeah, they had to knock him out because um, he was starting to get the feel of... This happened in one of the Thor books. He was yeah. starting to get the call of the War, War Thor. Thor. Yeah. And so they had to um, knock his ass out because so that's bad news, they're y'all. They're carrying his fat ass from like one side of New York to Greenwich Village to the Sanctum Sanctorium. And um, they're pretty much just arguing the whole time. <laughs> and it's just funny because it's just like five pages or so of these Asgardians carrying this fat dude and arguing in, <laughs> in Asgard speak, in Thor speak, Odin speak. Um, so that's good. Uh, if you're looking for any War of Realms tie-in, that might be a good one because you get a lot of different characters. And it was it was well-written. I don't know who all the individual writers, aside from Chip writing, uh, how, <laughs> listen to us, Chip, my boy Chip. <laughs> I we have luncheon on Sundays. Hey, I read Chip before he yeah. was allowed to write Spider Man, so well, I feel like I'm allowed to talk about him as if he it's were a, a lot easier to say. Friend. It's a lot easier to say his first name than his last name, which has a Z before a D, and that's freaking stupid. Um, 
So that might be a good one to pick up if you don't want to pick up every single one of the tie-ins because it was pretty darn good. And again, it's a lot of this like street-level stuff of them being humanitarians, and that was cool. Um, otherwise, also this week, War of Realms Punisher came out. If you're a Punisher fan, you should get this book because it's badass. Yeah. Uh, it was, again, it's got a lot of humanitarian side to it. Nice. Um, but it's Punisher just doing what Punishers does, which is... What, what I love about, and this is why the Punisher show was so good, is the best part about the Punisher is that he doesn't freaking stop. Like, people think, like, when you think about the Punisher, like you're like, oh, he's really good at fighting and really good at guns and all that stuff. But, like, I think the, like, excelling point of the Punisher is that he does not stop. Like, it's just one thing to the next thing to the next thing. Like, he's yeah. constantly moving. And this book does a really good job portraying that like cool. the panels flow really well and it just goes blip to blip to blip and even when he's you know something doesn't go the way he thinks it does he's on to the next thing you know what i mean and that's just that's what the punisher does best in my opinion that's what makes him is his just like badass like go get ness of just like constantly like on to the next thing and recovering from something going wrong and moving on to the next thing yeah and like taking a beating but keeping going you know <laughs> what i mean like he just he doesn't stop and so that one was pretty good uh yeah so those are the only two war of realms things and then war of realms number two happened it was a traumatic issue um but again with these events i like to wait until the end to talk about them so we'll talk about that more later yeah, I read War of Realms number two, and I'm not going to give any spoilers or nothing, but I'm going to say that they set up a theory that I have had well beyond before the War of Realms typically started, and I just want to put this out there. I want it to be noted that I had a theory, and I will share with you guys what that theory was when we have more confirmation, <laughs> but I bet I'm right. This Fair is enough. very vague. Yeah, yeah. But... I'm telling y'all. What I'm we smirt. should what we should do is we should record you saying your theory and then like if it happens we'll add that recording into that yeah. episode and be like, "See, we recorded this on April 17th." You know what I mean? I know I'm right, damn it. Yeah. yeah. I, anyway, what did you read this week? Um, so War of Realms number 2, it's traumatic, bring tissues. Yep. Um, also so on War of Realms tie-in Thor number 12. Mm -hmm. Um, it's all about our man who just got nibbled on. Uh, Mr. Thoki. Mr. Loki. Mr. Thoki. Mr. Thoki. Uh. Thoki Doki. And it's, it's kind of adorable in uh. a weird jacked up sort of way because Jason essentially, and he, he says it in the book, it's very meta, um, essentially jacks, like, a Christmas carol <laughs> and makes Loki experience past, present, and future Loki. Oh, Nice. And it's kind of interesting because this whole time Loki has been articulating and arguing and insisting that the reason he stabbed Freya was to protect her. And none of the other Lokis believe it. <laughs> Which is so weird because you're like, oh, well, I want Loki to be good. And Loki is insisting that he's good. And Loki believes that he's good and thinks that he's changed and has grown. Except none of the Lokis, past, present, or future, agree fair enough okay it's very strange yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a very like it's like way to it's a really dark and jacked up issue way to, to be honest. way to rally guys <laughs> well and it's really kind of sad too because you know it kind of humanizes loki in this way where it's like 
Mm-hmm. He's a trickster, but the person he's the best at tricking is himself. Yeah. So, I get that, though. I feel like if I ran into a past, present, or future version of myself, I would probably be, like, woefully unapproving. <laughs> like, wow, you are full of yeah. shit. I'd be like, hey, 10-year-old me, look at what I've done. I've done so much. And he'd be like, are you a paleontologist? And I'd be like, no, I kind of gave up on that, like, in high school. And he'd be like, well, then screw you, pal. <laughs> way to suck. Yeah, way to be yeah. an ass. Um, so those are my War of Realms tie-ins. Um, nice. the other thing I read this week, uh, Buffy number four, which then led into Angel number zero. Zero. Surprise issue. I you am. ever be walking down the street and somebody just hits you with an angel out of nowhere? Didn't it, know it was coming? It is, it is just as broody as you expect. <laughs> like. Well, he's got all that forehead. He's got to use it. It might have more forehead than the show did. <laughs> They did. They have to dedicate whole splash pages to his forehead. Like there are panels that are just forehead. <laughs> like it's intense. So Angel's oh, a little, God. a little on the hyper broody, but I am loving the direction they're going with Buffy because it's Ugh. so refreshing to see them take these characters that we know and love, but actually like really change what's happening. Mm-hmm. I mean. We're already in the fourth issue, and we already have Drusilla. We already have Spike. They've yeah, they really like. They've ramp reversed that in. their values. Like, Drew is HBIC. Yeah. And like, she puts a little Spiky Poo in his place, which a part of me likey. Have we? I've um, heard rumbles that there's supposed to be a new character. Have we gotten the new character yet? Um. <laughs> sort of. Okay. So, uh, Willow has a girlfriend named Rose. Okay. Who is not, who it is, who is not eventually who she better fricking end up with writers just saying hashtag not. Hashtag not my Tara. I can't even talk about it. I want to go back and watch that show. I can't cry again. It's too much. Um, and then it looks like Buffy's about to get all schmoozy cutie with an, a, a new a new attractive boy in her life. Oh, okay. So that's fun. Um, his name is Robin. Um, so that's cool. Uh, nice. And then they're doing really mean, depressing stuff to Xander. <laughs> I feel like there's there's a team in the internet that isn't fond of who Xander was ever uh, because he kind of represents a lot of the bad side of some nerd culture. Yeah. Uh, And so like a lot of womankind really doesn't like anything Xander ever was and found it only appropriate when he couldn't even maintain a relationship with a demon who was better than him. Sorry. Anyway. He's getting the treatment we all suspected he deserved from the beginning. Oops. <laughs> it's kind of great. Nice, okay. Um, but also very depressing a of, because they've... Xander hate on this stream. <laughs> they've made him really sad. Like, oh, yeah. But like, I don't know. It, it's maybe the direction Joss wanted Xander to be in the beginning, like when they first made him, but couldn't get him there because the 90s were weird. Yeah. Like, and and so he feels more uh, time appropriate 
but yeah, I don't know. Cool. It's I'm intrigued to see what happens next time. Also, I think I'm about to get to see Angel beat up Spike and Drusilla. So like, yo, that's fun. I'm in. Yeah, that's worth it. Uh, also came out this week a new Aftershock title, Mary Shelley Monster Hunter. Ooh. Uh, I had to pick this one up because <laughs> I love everything Shelley. Uh, Mary and Percy are my homeboys. Um, <laughs> it's homeboy and girl. Uh, and this, I feel like the title of this book is misleading. I don't know where it's going to go, and I honestly don't know if I'll keep going with it because it didn't really go in the direction i wanted it to so the title is mary shelley monster hunter so i was expecting it to be like an alternate history kind of retelling where mary shelley is some sort of like winona earp style like monster hunting badass like Like a lady mechanica style yeah like a female van helsing but with frankenstein monsters and like steampunk and it would be cool um the art's really cool in the book it's got it does well with the kind of like gothic tones uh, real quick history lesson. So Frankenstein was written by Mary Shelley when her, a bunch of her friends, Lord Byron and Percy included, were in Geneva, I believe, and they challenged each other to write ghost stories after reading uh, gothic literature and deciding it wasn't scary enough. So they went off. She wrote the first draft of Frankenstein. Percy and her eventually corrected it probably against her best wishes um and made it what we know as frankenstein i only say that because percy was very domineering um he was kind of a douche kind of a douche as romantic poets tend to be um also she had the best story out of the ones yeah and byron his is also yeah i mean his is also a famous story but it's not yeah but it ain't frankenstein yeah it's not it's not freaking frankenstein Props um, to you, Mary. You killing it, girl. She got a cereal. We respect you. Lord Byron shit ain't getting no cereal. Damn straight. Frankenberry? Is yes. that the cereal? Yes. <laughs> anyway. Um, Frankenberry, booberry. So that's what happened in the construction of Frankenstein. And if you haven't ever read the novel, the novel opens with her, the narrator, maybe it's supposed to be Shelley, maybe not, Kind of suggesting that she learned this story from, the narrator learned this story from somebody they met in a weird bar somewhere, like an inn somewhere. It's been a while since I've read it. But anyway, so that's the history. They wrote it while they were in Geneva. Guess what? That's what this book's about. What? (laughs) It is literally them being in Geneva. They get run out of their house. So they end up crashing at this creepy castle and they go challenge each other to write ghost stories. And in doing so, Mary Shelley stumbles upon Victoria Frankenstein. It's a cool setup for a story, but I just don't know if I appreciate that it was called Mary Shelley Monster Hunter when it's really just a retelling of, like... That's when it's, cheating. Well, it's not even that. When, it, when it's really just, like, she stumbles upon a Frankenstein. I also, I don't know, I'm not ultra happy that it's essentially equating this really excellent writer who came up with this really cool concept story that has become famous throughout the world and I'm just an instant classic. I don't know if I'm entirely comfortable with them alluding to the fact that the story was essentially given to her by the circumstances she was involved in. Because the way they pitch it, there's a... 
it opens with a scene of the Mary Shelley Museum. So like her house that she like lived and died in. It's like a Mary Shelley Museum. And a floorboard cracks and they find this like hidden manuscript. And that's where the story picks up. It's this like hidden retelling of how she came up with Frankenstein. Uncool. So it's essentially like, hey, she wasn't creative. It's shit's just real. And that's like, it's a fine concept for a story. I'm probably just butthurt because I am a fan of the book. I am a fan of the Shelleys as, as literary people. And uh, so I don't know. But like I said, the positive parts about it, it was a good read. It did really well capturing that gothic tone and really feeling like it didn't. Sometimes when you set these like historical things, the text can become too modernized. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like no one's going to want to read something where somebody literally tried to write how they talk to each other in like romantic era England right you know what I mean but you use modern dialect but you kind of like have them play off of each other how they would like don't have them be like quippy and silly and they did a good job with that the art does a really good job capturing the like gothic tones even the dialogue captures the gothic tones pretty well and like some of the stuff that happens like is very like gothic literature like at one point they find like, in a horror movie, somebody would be walking around and they would find some sort of corpse, right? In gothic literature, stuff's usually a little bit more vague and kind of ambiguous. Mm-hmm. And so the this lady's walking along and she finds just a foot. You know what I mean? <laughs> just a foot. And I, I just thought that's a nice touch. Yeah. It's not, like, as gratuitous as, like, you know, a skull like, it's not as ham-fisted. Yeah, it's not as hokey and ham-fisted as a skull, but it's not, like, a full-on corpse or, like, entrails or something. It's just yeah. a foot. And there's, like, trails of blood randomly appear, and they talk about strange noises and stuff. So they do a good job capturing the gothic overtones. Yeah, but if you went in expecting a, like, non-vampire... Badass, yeah. Like, a non-vampire Mina Harker, yeah. and then it turns out that it's, like... Yeah this like yeah that, it's that kind of it seems like a cool concept i don't know if the title was the right title um i think you know something along the lines of the truth about frankenstein or like mary shelley's true frankenstein or mary shelley's frankenstein or like you know like something connecting it to frankenstein and not like monster hunting true tales let's hunt frankenstein yeah yeah, yeah. the secret diary of mary shelley or something something like that but the the title felt a little bit misleading um i don't know maybe they'll go into it and maybe it's just early but at the same time if that's where they want to go the opening bit instead of being like oh we found this manuscript it should have been like now you know in the top corner it says now and then yeah. it's got her with, like, a cool steampunk gun, like, chasing down a swamp monster or some right. shit. And then it's, like, years ago, and yeah. we pick up with her finding Victoria Frankenstein. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it just bothered me. It irked me a bit. I'm not going to rant about it anymore. I wanted to finish up the comic segment by doing my No Road Home wrap-up. So, I told you a long time ago that No Road Home, Avengers No Road Home started. It was the new weekly series coming off of No Surrender that happened last year. Um, it was pretty good. It did a lot of things for. It was very much focused on Hercules. So, it was an interesting team. It was Hercules, Scarlet Witch, um, Vision, Spectrum rocket raccoon hawkeye and the immortal hulk 
and it was a weekly series so it was a 10 issue series it was written by al ewing um who did no surrender i believe he did no surrender and it was very much the main focus was maturing hercules um so without giving away too much of the story greek gods get killed by this greek goddess of night and hercules and his team set off in their own special way to stop her from regaining her power so that's where that happens neat um it was very much focused on hercules maturing like i said him getting over his whole need for uh having a legacy being a legend having stories that kind of thing they did a good job with that it was also kind of a cheap excuse to get conan involved in the marvel universe he's all in it now though i'm really pumped for savage avengers that's gonna be awesome um we talked a long time ago in a key issues segment about like how events have no effect on the marvel history yeah or marvel universe this one had some good um good kind of like lingering things that could possibly be uh important now spoiler warning just real quick because there's some things i'm gonna have to say that will unfortunately be spoilers the last issue is kind of bizarre and out of nowhere they end up essentially in Jack Kirby's house, <laughs> which we've what? referenced in the past on the show long time ago in Fantastic Four. Jack Kirby was revealed to be the one above all else or yeah. whatever uh, as the creator. He's kind of right. the stand in for the fact that these are comic characters. So their God is imagination right. and creativity. And they really harp on that. And this last issue felt like walking through a Marvel museum. It's literally vision like tapping panels and then, like, characters from all different eras of Marvel come out and start beating the crap out of uh, the bad guy. That said, it was super hokey, but as a longtime Marvel fan, it was kind of, like, it kind of tugged at my heartstrings. Aww. And also, getting to see John Byrne-style sensational She-Hulk just gut-punch a Greek goddess in one scene was <laughs> wonderful. Like, huge green hair, the, like, blue Fantastic Four leotard, and she's literally, like, smiling as she just, like, raises a hook into this chick's stomach, and, like, you see the fist coming out of the fantastic. back. fantastic. It was great. Um, kind of hokey, like I said. Like, it was definitely very hokey, and the dialogue going on was... No Surrender was kind of the same way. Huh. No Surrender ended with them being like, we're Avengers, we can do anything! And that was, like... The whole last issue was like an Avengers jerk off party. That's and bizarre. This issue was very much a Marvel jerk off party. It was like imagination can solve any darkness, and like your darkness is limited by the fact that I have beautiful minds behind me and like stuff like that. Oh my god! It was still cool. It it was very sweet seeing like '90s characters and '60s characters and '70s characters like pop out of these panels and just wreck this chick. <laughs> The cool thing about it that kind of lingers on that end, so all the characters kind of took something home, okay. with the exception of probably Hawkeye and Rocket, and I'm kind of bummed about the latter. Rocket, I feel like, didn't get a lot of... I feel like he was just there for the fact that he was Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. It was kind of unfortunate. He had a lot of moments where there seemed to be some sort of emotion bubbling, and even one issue started with him being trapped in the realm of nightmares, and as a few of the team were... And he was being experimented on by the same people that, like, turned him into what he Aww. is. And that's heavy as shit. So yeah. you feel like that would be a big, like, emotional moment for this character that doesn't get a lot of emotional moments. Right. And they just kind of moved on. That's 
Flame. They were more focused on Immortal Hulk, and they were they spent on in addition to the Hercules thing. I'd say the second priority of this book was to let people who haven't been reading Immortal Hulk know that Hulk is essentially a villain now. Oh. Um, and is a terrifying monster and beast of chaos. Oh. To the point where like Conan sees him and is like, "That is a god of Krom." It is a being of vengeance and death and, like, stuff like that. Oh, good. Like... Great. Immortal Hulk is bad. Hulk, right now, is not good. And I really hope they do something with that, because he could be a very good, like, big bad in an event at some point. Um, Anyway, he has really dark motivations in this, and it's intense. Um, But yeah, Rocket didn't get enough. So Rocket and Hawkeye really didn't take anything home from this, but, like, Hercules matured. And him and the Greek gods are now chilling in space. So that's kind of exciting. Okay, that's interesting. Um, The cool thing about Vision is after going in Jack Kirby's house and realizing... He essentially knows he's a creation now. Ooh, he got Deadpooled. Well, not even that. Like, he doesn't necessarily know he's a comic and, like, know the rules of the comic. But he knows there's a higher power controlling what happens around them. So they just gave the robot faith. Oh, and I that's re- really neat. I really hope they stick with that. Like, I, I'm worried that it's just going to kind of, like, fizzle and like die. disappear. Um, but I really hope they stick that's with that. Because really it's a cool... really cool advancement yeah. for Vision. Because it's like, he's an android, and that's one of his big things. And a, a big, they're all wrestling with their inner demons throughout this 10-issue run. And the big one for him is am i human because he's like dying for most of it his systems are failing he's reaching his lifespan um the the vision five is coming out in 2020 it'll be 500 (laughs) dollars um uh but yeah so he now is feeling better realizes you know he has this stuff behind him and it's not his time to end and he has faith essentially that's really and cool. um scarlet witch i guess really didn't take much away from this whole thing either except for knowledge that conan exists conan gets stabby he really just wants to stabity things but i imagine his takeaway is probably that he's used to this universe now like he's inter interacted with characters yeah. in this universe so he probably that will probably play into savage avengers at some point um and then spectrum is no longer this, this one kind of bummed me out Spectrum's no longer, like, a being of pure light. Oh. She's, like, more physical now and is not a mortal. Oh. And, I don't know, good for her. Like, she wants to start a family and stuff. And I, I didn't read The Ultimate, so I don't know if that was, like, a big thing. But her big thing she was wrestling with was, like, I'm immortal. What happens when I'm the last one left? Like, the world has ended. The universe has met, like, cosmic heat death. Will I survive past that? What happens when I'm stuck in eternity by myself? And she, uh, so that was the big thing she was wrestling with. And so she used up like a large portion of her powers to do stuff towards the end. And now she's not that anymore. And it just bothers me because I've always wanted Spectrum to be more than what they used her as. And they just never would. And now I'm worried that they never will. Because she's such a powerful character. Maybe they neutered her like, too much. They were doing this Ultimates run, and it was like Spectrum and America Chavez on the same team, and they're both like two of the most powerful people in the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. who get no love because they're not white. Sorry. Um, 
<laughs> Just saying. Uh, they're not white and they're not Kamala. Uh, and now she's less powerful, so who knows? Aww. Anyway, uh, No Road Home is definitely pretty good. I actually liked it better than No Surrender because it was A, a weirder team, B, a little bit less generic, and C, the final like hokey ending was less hokey in my opinion because just yeah. the whole like we're avengers we can do anything we assemble was just really like okay. yeah that's a um bit. oh and the last thing that kind of lingers into the marvel universe is that challenger is free so challenger is on the loose again um so i'm sure we'll see his weird face at some point great so and now your cover b news with your host, Chris and T. News time. News, news. Real quick, because it's the hot news on everybody's list. Star Wars Celebration happened. Yes, it did. And we got a bunch of reveals. Yes, we did. Um, so Star Wars Episode Nine is Rise of Skywalker. Is it Rise of Skywalker? Rise of Skywalker, right? It's not the Skywalker. No, it's just Rise of Skywalker. The it's the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, the um, Rise of Skywalker. We got a trailer. It features or it ends with the delightful giggles of my boy Sheev Palpatine, um, which is dope. Like, which is dope. I'm excited. It's got Lando flying the Falcon with Chewie, which should have been there in the first freaking one. Yeah, where um, was that? And. Yeah, it, I mean, it looks like another Star Wars movie. <laughs> I, you know, we've said on this podcast plenty of times that we're, we haven't really been feeling the current Star Wars stuff. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think the biggest issue I'm having at the current second is just, what the hell is that name? Like, if yeah. I saw the trailer and there was no name attached, I'd be like, you know what? I'm gonna give JJ. I'm gonna give JJ a trust. Like, yeah. you know, I was okay with the first one. I felt like you were just trying to build some stuff, and then you bailed out and left like nothing for Ryan to just yeah. like figure out what the f he was doing. Yeah. And now you're coming back to the third one. If you've got a plan, you demand, make it happen. For, you know, lens yeah. flare. I, I'm cool with that. But the fact that it's called the Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Who the F is Skywalker? Luke's supposed to be dead. Leia yeah. is actually dead in real life. So is this just going to be a movie filled with CGI? Like, is this, if, is, is Rey actually a Skywalker? Yeah. Did we need that? Like, wh why does it have to be a freaking Skywalker? To be fully honest, if this were being done by someone like the Russo brothers or the Wykowskis or, you know, Christopher Nolan... I would be suspicious that there's something more creative going on there. Same. I like stuff JJ has done, but he is a machine of lowest hanging fruit and making money. And I just, I want to believe that it's not just going to be that Ray turns out to be a Skywalker, some sort of weird love child between Luke and somebody or Leia and somebody. But I just don't know. I, only... I don't, I, I have such, I just have very little faith in, considering J.J.'s first run at Star Wars was essentially redoing New Hope, I just have very little faith that it's going to be more than that. 
Now, our nerd commander-in-chief, Kevin Smith, has a very, <laughs> has a very interesting theory um, where, you know, in The Last Jedi, and it, it actually makes a ton of sense, and that's probably why he's the president. Um, <laughs> Kevin Smith is nerd president. I don't care what anyone says. As somebody who spends a lot of his time trying to find articles to talk about on the show, I can't tell you how many times I've seen Kevin Smith reacts to blank to things that Kevin Smith is not involved in. And has no relation to. <laughs> Kevin Smith reacts to Joker trailer. It's like, okay. So apparently, Kevin Smith, for all you nerds out there, he is our president. Kevin Smith, I love you. I hope you'll be on the show one day. Um, and I salute you, and I will always refer to you as the nerd commander-in-chief. Yeah. Anyway, um, he has this theory that actually makes a lot of sense and would be really cool, but the unfortunate thing I've always said about theories is... They never happen. Um, the weird thing about when people like fan theorize about movies and stuff is that you do one of two things. You either just open the door to something that is not going to come true. You know what I mean? Right. Or you show the company that you thought of this and then you make them change it because they don't want to owe you anything for the idea. So when a fan theory goes viral, it's very rare that it happens. Anyway um it's just how it is but his theory makes a lot of sense in that in the last one we had the last jedi right the last jedi died the jedi order died off right luke said the jedi must die he died ray is not really a jedi she hasn't really committed to that and so jedi are dead what if skywalker is the new religion that's going to supplant it and Rey's followers are going to be Skywalkers, and it's going to be more of a gray Jedi kind of territory thing. Yo, that just gave me goose pimples. It's a cool idea. So it's they're less about like the strict doctrines of the Jedi, and they're more about like justice and like solving problems as opposed to like nobility and light and all this. Straight shit. up, that is the millennial. That is the most millennial ass response to the Jedi Order I have ever heard in my that life. That would also give them. Yeah, true. That would also like, give them a chance to give Kylo his redemption story if that, in his fight with Rey, which that's his TIE fighter yeah. that she's jumping over in the trailer, in his fight with Rey, he loses or just loses steam or something and eventually comes to the conclusion that it takes both sides of the coin to do this thing. He's got a little bit of good in him. She's got a little bit of dark in her. If they mix... They can make Skywalker the new religion that's all about balance. Because that's Last Jedi was all about balance. It was all about balance. It was like balance, balance, balance. Yeah. God, we balance. <laughs> and so we know going into this, if JJ takes anything from the last movie, we know going into this that the Jedi are done and balance has been just drilled into Rey's tightly ponytailed head. So maybe that's where she goes. Maybe she spends what effort she can trying to convince Kylo that balance is needed and together the two of them can start a new religion, build everything from the ground up and start sharing the force with people who can do some good. I don't know. I kind of also simultaneously, I kind of hope that Kylo's just a total freaking badass and goes nuts. I, but the only, we so, got the Knights of Ren coming in too. That's They're true. on the poster. So, so. I'm I'm going to go ahead and pass a fangirl a little because there are rumors currently speculating that 
based on, loosely based apparently on a casting call for a 50-some-odd-year woman who is named Mara. Now, for those of you who are not as much a big-ass nerd as I am and fangirl of all the ladies, the very few ladies actually represented in Star Wars, um, Mara Jade in the extended universe that Disney has since cut off at the knee and and left to die in the middle of the road, um, Mara Jade was Luke's wife. And although they cut it off, whatever, Mara Jade had a son named Ben and Mm -hmm. was a total flippin' badass with a purple lightsaber and kicked all sorts of ass. And so, goggles. She had cool goggles. Yeah, she was so <laughs> dope, dude. Like, and she has always been a fan favorite. Like, mm-hmm. people care about Mara way, way more than Luke. And so, there's just this, like, rumor that maybe Ray is actually Mara's kid. And I'm like, you know what? Hell to the yeah. You yeah. want to make her a Skywalker? If you bring in Mara Jade, shut up and take my money. I don't yeah. even care. I'm in. I'm yeah. done. Do it up. Make it happen. Come on, JJ. So we'll see. That's coming later this year, right? Yes. And then I know... Lord. I know... So fast. I know Disney has also said that they're going to take a bit of a hiatus from Star Wars films after this. I think what they're probably going to do is try to figure out new stuff to do, which, thank God, I'm excited for that. Um, I'm really just tired of so much Star Wars stuff relying on the value that other Star Wars things have created in order to gain itself value. I want some more things like Rogue One had new characters new stories like i mean we knew about the spies stealing the stuff but we didn't know how and when and who and so we got all these new characters that earn their place in the canon and earn their value it wasn't like the solo movie where it was like hey remember when solo talked about the kessel run here it is you know what i mean like it wasn't like all this stuff that was built on the backs of other things and i'm really excited for more of that that being said, let's move on to the next thing I want to talk about from Celebration, which is Jedi Fallen Order, the new Star Wars video game we got coming out. I don't even want to talk about Which I'm not going to say much about because personally, I think it looks boring. I am more in the camp, uh, and I did a blog post about this recently, I'm more in the camp of people who are interested in the people that aren't Jedis doing cool Jedi stuff. You know what I mean? Like scoundrels and bounty hunters and people just trying to live their life who achieve over the adversity of other things but a jedi in the time when there's very few sith and jedi doing jedi stuff and somehow coming out on top not really doesn't really do a lot to me i also think the time frame that they're setting it in is just going to make it narratively confusing because he's like a he's young so it begs the question of where was he? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the problem when you set stuff so close to movies you've already had is it's like, well, why didn't he help? It's the whole argument people have about Captain Marvel that they've had to rationalize. It's like, why wasn't she here to help us when Thanos was beating the crap out of everybody? Where was she? And it's kind of, this is that same problem. It's going to be like, I know EA is not going to kill him off at the end because then there's no sequel sequels make money so how are they going to rat they're gonna have to rationalize it and i just hate when stories have to be like justified to exist (laughs) the story should just exist naturally 
Like, if you wanted to do a Jedi game, there's no reason you couldn't have set this during the Republic and made him a Jedi knight with the Republic and had him doing Jedi stuff then. You know, there's no reason this had to be set where it is. And it's just uncomfortable. Like, I get it. The Knight Sisters are hot right now. You're using the... Or the uh, Second Sisters, the Inquisitors are hot right now. You're using them in a lot of your stuff. I get that, you know, everyone loves the Empire. But I just... I don't know. It's 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 tough for me to be excited about this game when A, I'm not really that into Jedi and B, knowing that, you know, EA took over these games, canceled 1313, canceled the Darth Maul game, canceled like a slew of other games. And what we've gotten so far from them is Battlefront with better graphics and tweaked controls and, you know, light side force unleashed. <laughs> you know i'm i'm only gonna say one thing because it's really my only opinion about the whole damn thing and it's always my opinion about the whole damn thing if you want to do jedi give me kotor three now I there, did, that's yeah. all i gotta say that's I did, it i did just see a thing it was just a rumor i think um but it looks like lucasfilm is looking at getting back into the kotor game Shut the front door. Yeah, I saw it. I didn't read much about it because it, it was one of those like we're just now hearing reports. We don't have so any it's details. Lies. It's all lies. I, I I don't want to believe it's lies. It makes sense to go back to Kotor at some point. I think they probably just needed to get distance from Bioware. Bioware had to implode enough for them to be like, cool, we can do Kotor now. Um, and maybe they had to get like so. the nod from Disney well, to EA, say, okay, yeah, you could have Revan again. EA owns Bioware if I'm not mistaken. So they should be able to do a KOTOR game with just, Bioware. I just, I, I think Bioware it. maybe just needed to get to a point where they needed that Lucasfilm money, but KOTOR one was flawless. KOTOR two didn't get the, the chance it deserved to live and thrive. Mm -hmm. Just, just shut up and make your money. Your egregious mass quantities of money that would come <laughs> yeah. from a KOTOR three game. We would all pay you so much money yep. and pay for all of the expansions and pay for yep. all of the extra crap because we're weak we are weak <laughs> so weak very very weak just shut up and take now the final money. thing coming out of uh star wars celebration which i think will probably be a good segue into another bit of news is the mandalorian we got our first like pictures of that show that's the it's john favreau doing that yes, one right? it is john favreau run star wars show that's gonna be on disney plus um and it uh looks good like the the pictures look really cool again it feeds into my whole thing of a being bored with the jedi and b wanting new stories that tell new angles and just generally avoid the whole skywalker saga i'm just so sick of the skywalkers man um <laughs> aren't we all yeah oh, i'm just so tired of the skywalkers uh but it looks really good uh it looks really gritty it's kind of got the same like tone it looks like as rogue one so that's Sweet. that's fun um and i just i feel like the outer rim and the scoundrel stuff and the bounty hunter stuff is so untouched by like what we've seen from star wars stuff but it's so rich with life yeah like i mean we ran an edge of the empire campaign for like four years almost exclusively and it was all rim. it was all like mainly outer rim we visited like a bunch of different planets we did a lot of different aliens and stuff and it was fun it was fun and only late in the game did somebody you get jedi powers 
But you were... Okay, they were Jedi you were, powers. Yeah, you were evil. They were force powers, and I leaned dark side yeah. because I was a bad bitch, okay? But, you know, it, it was fun. It was, it was fun, really fun in this, you know, in the absence of Jedi. Without needing Jedi, it was fun. Yeah. And that's how, honestly, that's why Fantasy Flight released those books the way they did. They did Edge of the Empire first, Age of Rebellion second, Force and Destiny last, because they knew if they pumped out Force and Destiny, nobody would want to do anything else. <laughs> yeah, but now you know people I mean? actually care now about Now people actually stuff. give a shit about, like, running campaigns where you fly, you know, A-wings for the Rebellion and shit like that. Yeah. Because it's rich. It's good stories it's that cool. can be told. Rogue One was a great movie, not a Jedi to be seen. Yeah. Not even a hint of a Force power. Yeah. You know, with the blind guy. The blind guy, fair. But, you know Still. what I mean? He was more like a monk for yeah. the Force than he was like a Jedi. Anyway. Yeah. So that's Star Wars stuff. A lot of Star Wars stuff to be excited about. Um, hopefully, you know, Fallen Order is good. Hopefully, Star Wars Episode Nine leaves everybody on a good note. And I'm really excited to get Disney Plus um, so that we can start watching The Mandalorian. Hopefully, KOTOR 3. Yep. <laughs> so, some other news. Yep. Some non-Star Wars news. Um, new trailer dropped for The Boys. Seth Rogen and Carl Urban. That looks fun as hell. Yep. I... That does look good. I, I don't know much about the boys. It's a Garth Ennis book, right? It is. Um, for Dynamite. And I've never really I've never really dove into it, but the trailer looks really good. I love Carl Urban. So, Same. Um, I, I, I mean, when they start off telling you that it's made by the producers of Supernatural and Sausage Party, like... Mm. You're starting off really strong. It's just, it's just rough seeing these cool things. There was another show, Good Omen, um, that we saw a trailer for going on Amazon Video. And it's like, I, I'm worried that all these streaming sites are going to cause... It's it's going to be like what happens when comics get overproduced. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. We're going to have too many people spread too thin and stuff's not going to be able to make enough revenue. So we're going to get a lot of like one season only shows and stuff like that. Speaking of which. Yeah. Uh, so I have bad news. Huh. So Swamp Thing wrapped early. Yeah. Three episodes early. Yeah, I heard. And there's talk that DC Universe ain't gonna make it, y'all. Yeah, it's not looking good. I... I don't know what their price point is on dc universe it's like 6.99 it's not high they just oh is it only 6.99 i think so DC but they universe? only have three original shows yeah. and one hasn't launched yet and yeah. people it's like we love comics but as yeah. a streaming service yeah that's you're, you're 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 barking up the wrong tree yeah like they don't have enough yeah, and and their their historical movie status is not strong enough to hold that yeah like it's just not uh, honestly they should stick to their ties with warner brothers i agree but i think warner brothers still has a controlling stake of hulu they're like the last remaining thing in the way of disney's mm. full ownership of hulu dang um Teeth gnashing and yeah and so and... i don't know if they would ever do that but i think what would make sense would be for warner brothers to essentially launch its own version of like Disney Plus. Yeah. And, you know, you put all the DC shows on there, all the cartoons, all the Arrowverse shows, 
all the Harry Potters can go on there. You know what yeah, I mean? True. If you pull Harry Potter, you could even start doing, Warner Brothers could start doing Harry Potter original series, a la like the Marvel shit and Star Wars shit that D- Disney's doing. You know what I mean? Shit, stop giving these people ideas because I don't need to spend any more money. <laughs> Call me. Um, oh, God. Speaking of spending money, and oh, God. this was the news I alluded to earlier when I was talking about Star Wars stuff that I thought you were going to talk about, but I guess I was wrong. Disney Plus announced its price point. Oh, that's yeah. right. And all the shit that's going to be on it. So, like, pretty much every Disney movie, somewhere in the thousands of episodes of old, like, Disney cartoons. Oh, my God. So, like, the Disney, Toon Disney days they and stuff like that. They punched me in the nostalgia. Um, and Disney original movies are going to be on there, like, a bunch of those, like, the Disney Channel original movies. Motocrossed. I, yeah. I'm seriously getting um, punched in the eighth grade feels right now. All the, every Marvel movie, um, the every Star Wars movie, the Star Wars Clone Wars series and The Mandalorian, um, all the new Disney Plus marvel stuff so that's the hawkeye series loki series scarlet witch and vision series uh winter soldier and falcon series um and what else what other kind of stuff there's gonna be like a bunch of nat geo documentaries and stuff on there yeah it's gonna be massive it's gonna be be fucking huge and they announced the price point so for all that stuff what would you expect to pay a lot 6.99 insane for all that shit for That's every insane. like all the golden age 90s disney movies all the like disney channel shows and disney channel original movies and like all the star wars movies all the avengers and i don't know if it's all the shows and movies like all the disney channel stuff it's a ton of it but i don't like like seriously i don't know the number that is the total of every episode ever launched on disney channel versus what they're putting on but it's somewhere in the thousands of episodes. Like seriously, I would pay six ninety nine just for Toon Disney again. Yeah, right. just Toon Disney yeah. to give me like bonkers and gargoyles yeah, yeah. and the yeah. Little Mermaid cartoon. Like if you gave me that shit, I would pay ten. I would I would trade my current twelve ninety nine Netflix for yeah. that shit. Yeah, because entirely. that hits me in the feels so much so, more yeah. than all this other crap. And they announced that like. On the following day that Netflix announced they're, like, raising prices. Sucks to be you. So, Netflix, if you don't know, now has a basic, which is $8.99, and doesn't give you HD. (laughs) So, you can go up $4 more a month to $12.99 to get HD. When we're living in an age where pretty much everybody is running off of an HD TV to some degree, that's stupid, in my opinion. Whatever, I guess it's for the people that, like, are running off a computer monitor or something and don't really give a shit. But, like, that's really dumb. Anyway, Disney Plus is going to be $6.99. I am making the switch. We're finishing off this Arrow stuff, and then we are closing Netflix. We yeah, are we out. done with Netflix. We out Which hurts a little bit because there's a lot of good stuff on Netflix that I'm going to probably miss out on. But they're losing their Marvel stuff. They are losing their Star Wars stuff. So, whatever. <laughs> you know what i mean i get all this other cool shit over at disney plus i'm gonna go over there it is it is what it is so the last little bit of news i have left um is that so there has been a lot of big talk lately that batista was gonna go and jump on the james gun suicide squad um 
but he ain't got the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all have seen trailers lately. That dude's in everything. Yeah, he's busy. And so they were like, okay, well, you ain't got time to do this. And so now they're scouting someone else. Nice. Mr. John Cena. John Cena! (laughs) (laughs) Nice. He is rumored, if he is officially cast... King Shark. That'd be hilarious. But no. Uh, Let's see. Poison Ivy. No, she wasn't on Suicide Squad. Would, Katana. No, she's already been cast. I would pay to watch that. Uh, Peacemaker. I don't know who that is. Yeah, I don't either. But... Reverse Flash. He he wouldn't be able to fit into the funny. little tights. His, like, big, chunky body, That'd like, be running. so funny. Doing the, like, Grant Gustin running scenes. <laughs> with, his, with his, like, big old muscles. That'd be hilarious. That's funny. I love John Cena, so I'm excited yeah, about that. Yeah, same. And I also am were... super happy that Dave Bautista is in like everything. He if you haven't seen happen, if you haven't seen the trailer for My Spy or Stuber, Stuber it's like Uber but with an ST because the main character's name is Stu, I think. Um, and My Spy, they both look great. They both and look he's in really both of those, cute. and he's playing very different characters. They're both badass, but. You can't look like him and not be a badass. Yeah. But I, I love Dave Bautista. It's cool. Really... It's because Bautista's starting to get John Cena in the rock roles. Yeah. I, you know, okay, so I'm out myself a little bit here. <gasps> I am a classic WWE fan. Yeah. I was raised on wrestling. I would sit on Monday nights and watch wrestling, WWE, which used to be WWF with Daddy, and then I would watch on Thursdays, WCW, and it just was what it was. And they all had their separate teams. And I had my favorite people. Lita was awesome. Like, I cared about stuff. And now, as an adult, watching these dudes who, like, were on these shows and played these characters, now, like, getting real acting careers, Mm -hmm. there's something so, like, endearing and, again, nostalgic. And I, I don't know. I feel like, you know, they're talented people, but... I don't know if they would have been as successful if they weren't trying to pursue these careers against our generation. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like our generation is just so more willing to have this sort of stuff succeed. Yeah. Like, we want The Rock to be the highest paid actor in Hollywood. How does that make sense? You gotta, you like, gotta feel bad for, like... He's The Rock. He's yeah, not, yeah. like... He's not Leonardo DiCaprio, for God's sake. You really, he's The Rock, but he's literally paid more than anyone else in Hollywood. Yeah. That's insane. You really gotta feel bad for, like, Hulk Hogan and, like, Goldberg. Macho who, like, Man. Yeah, who, like, broke away and tried to do, like, kids' films, and it was, like, funny and a joke. And then The Rock is able to do Tooth Fairy and still become the highest paid actor yeah. in Hollywood. And, and like, I, like, I love The Rock, don't get me wrong, but, like... The dude ain't that diverse of an actor. It's true. Like, he's I like... really not. He plays himself, which there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There are plenty of actors who play himself. Matthew McConaughey, I'm looking right at you, bro. But, yeah. like, you know, it, it's just interesting that I really feel like that is very heavily weighted on our generation being so nostalgic and so wrapped up in in our childhood and, and the figures of our childhood that people like The Rock and people like John Cena are are able to have this power over our our industries, our yeah. entertainment industries. Yeah, it's definitely cool. 
so who would win, Rakishi or Big Bertha from the Great Lake Avengers? Probably Big Bertha. Okay. Because she'd shrink and, like, be all seductive. Yeah. she can do that. Like, she's essentially a model. And he'd feel a and tightness in his leotard. He'd be all like, oh, I don't want to hurt the nice, pretty lady because, you know, I want to, like, make something happen. And then she'd, like, like, put him into a false sense of security and then poof and then do the same damn thing to him. Put, his, put her butt in his face. Yeah. Uh, would you read a book if it were a... Uh, Mick Foley Deadpool team up book. <laughs> How is that even a question? It's, yeah. I mean, Mick Foley basically is Deadpool in yeah. real life. Like, he's he's flawless. Uh, who would win, Triple H or Amanda Waller? <laughs> oh, Amanda Waller would kick his ass, <laughs> beat his ass. No offense, Triple H, but like. <laughs> I feel like Stephanie's got more up against Amanda than yeah, than you do, homie. Like, no offense, oh, Amanda Waller's badass, and and you know you getting you getting older, homie. No offense, it ain't your fault. <laughs> it's life. So that is the wrap up of this episode yes. because we will be back on Saturday stuffing our faces and talking to you about the incredibly gory and super fun Hellboy. Hell yes. So dinner um, and a movie. Yeah, we're calling we're it dinner. Eating. We're calling it dinner and a movie because we think it'd be funny to make you guys listen to us loudly eat. We're going to get tacos. Um, this might blow up in our face, but deal with it. it. You'll be so fine. So that will be our spoiler laden review episode of hellboy for a real quick note on hellboy uh, we'll just give you our general opinions zero spoilers i liked it thought it was really good i'm glad that it's recovering from some of the negativity it received uh, but it is incredibly gory like to a disturbing degree i'm going to say for my non-spoiler commentary uh if you like horror movies this movie yeah. kicks ass if you want to see a superhero movie shazam is still in theaters yeah so we will get into more details on that um but there you go thumbs up from us for hellboy and we will see you guys on saturday in the meantime um if you want to follow us and get more cover b you can find us on our website coverbpodcast.com I like to let you do the social plugging because I appreciate it's it. It's your thing. It's it's um, what I do. It's you can my shtick. Also follow us on Facebook and Twitter uh, at Coverbee Podcast. So oh, you took that one. I'm sorry. You can tell them about Instagram. Okay. Well, we both have Instagrams. Chris has been trying to do more on his Instagram. I have been doing more. I'm proud. Better about it. I am doing cosplay still, and actually. This weekend should have some Easter-themed cosplay. Woohoo! Fun times. We also keep an eye out. We will plug this from time to time, but we have another thing going right now called Tink Tink Games. Yes. Um, it's where we're live streaming games on Twitch. 
um, with the two of us and two of our production friends up in Georgia. Um, so we'll plug that from time to time on Twitter and on our various Instagrams, so keep an eye out for that. That's a separate thing from Cover B, but just wanted to give it a plug. Little, yeah. Little plug. Self-promotion. Ain't no shame. So we will see you on Saturday, or we will see you next week whenever you choose to listen. Thank you for being here today, and we will catch you on the flip side with more Cover B. Bye, guys.